KCIOI, Hamilton's home for alternative. Indy 1015 FM. You want sports? We've got sports. This is the Mountaineer Sports Network. Welcome to the Mountaineer Sports Network here on Indy 1015. My name is Tyler Kennedy. I'm joined by my good friends and co-hosts Kyle Chambers and Spenny Grenier. This is the fourth episode of the Mountaineer Sports Network. We've got tons to talk about today. Spencer and Kyle are going to kick off the show interviewing Matthias Tassel. Uh, he is the captain of the men's cross-country team at Mohawk College. And after that, we'll be taking a look at the week in review of Mohawk Sports. And finally, we'll end off the hour looking at the week ahead in Mohawk Sports. Matthias, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Matthias Tassel. I'm the uh, captain, uh, men's captain of the cross-country team at Mohawk. Uh, it's my third year on the team. I started in 2021. And... Uh, yeah, outside of running, I took the aviation uh, maintenance program here at Mohawk, and uh, yeah, having a great time. For a guy who makes airplanes, uh, you got to give us give us a rundown on how your training regimen looks like ahead of a tournament for you personally and your team. Uh, so on the team at Mohawk, we train 12 months of the year, which is, uh, I think, a little bit different than what most teams do, um, and one of the things that makes our team um, one of the best. Um so we train 12 months of the year. We break it into three phases. So we train our hardest for cross country because that's what we compete for at Mohawk. Then we do uh, an indoor track season in the winter and an outdoor track season in the summer. So leading up to uh, after each of those seasons, we take like a two week break. So leading up to this cross country season, we started training as a team uh, the beginning of August. We took our two weeks off at the end of of July. So we spent the month of August meeting for more base type runs. So just easy running, uh, long runs, and just a little bit of, we hit a little bit of speed at the end of the month. And then um, starting in September, we started uh, a block of like what we call um, lactate shuttle training. So that's like working your, your lactate. It's like as you're working out, you build up lactate in your muscles. That's what makes them sore. Uh, the lactate shuttle system is what takes lactate from your muscles and out of your muscles. So we did some, it's basically like hill sprints, uh, that kind of stuff. We did that for two weeks at the start of September. And then now we're working into a threshold training block. So that's more for your aerobic fitness. So we work on running at just a little bit slower than race pace um, for longer intervals, working on getting comfortable at that pace and um, and yeah, working at our lactate threshold system so that's like the as long as you can go before you start building that soreness in your muscles i and that's the thing too like with it seems like a a big workout but for you like when it comes to like meals like is it are you on a strict diet is it like because you're burning so much calories doing these workouts do you take carbohydrates or is it more of like more of a protein intake and less carbohydrates uh so for us especially uh as as endurance athletes i train anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a week of running and biking and swimming. And so it takes a hell of a lot of energy to, to accomplish that. So we like to think of it more as just fueling our bodies and getting as much calories in as possible. Cause honestly, for myself, it's really, it's almost difficult for me to consume enough calories mm-hmm. to offset the end, the, 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 uh, the work that I've done in a day. And, uh, and yeah, when you're under fueling, you're not eating enough, then you, uh, then you, you, that's when you start to get overuse injuries like shin splints, uh, tendonitis, stuff like that. Um, so like 
I'm personally, I have an A&W coupon book in my car and on the way home from every practice on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, I stop by A&W and I get two Mama Burger combos. Um, I have a, my, my go-to thing is, so we have practice from six to six to eight on Wednesday and Monday nights. And so from eight to nine, we go to the gym and we lift weights. I always bring with me a Mountain Dew because that's got a lot of calories and it's got caffeine to keep me to give me energy because we've just run for two hours and and you need energy after that so uh so yeah it's about eating as much as we can basically um we don't shy away from eating unhealthy foods because because the the calories is more important than kind of how you get them at a certain point right right oh why did you start competing in cross country uh so when i was in high school i ran track and field um, I actually ran as part of the uh, the track club in Guelph, which is now called Royal City Athletics Club. Uh, I was a sprinter, so I ran the 100-meter hurdles and the 400-meter hurdles. Um, I continued that into university at Laurier University. I ran the 60-meter hurdles, the 300 and the 600. Um, but then when COVID came, I started personally, I started running more like just jogging because there was nothing kind of else to do. The track, the indoor track was closed. It was winter time. Um, and so me with my roommates who were also on the track team, we started just going for more jogs. I started, I really loved it. And then I realized that I didn't want to, to do what I was doing at Laurier academically. And I felt drawn to this program at Mohawk College. So Mohawk doesn't have a track team. We have a cross country team. So then I worked with, uh, the old coach who was here, Ryan, uh, to transition into running more longer distances basically running slower and running farther um and then uh when the new coach david hopton came um we again like we just continued working and i'm pretty much fully transitioned to a cross-country runner from there what's the longest distance you've ever ran at an event uh so we run our race is eight kilometers uh it's hilly it's on we run generally in conservation areas uh you can think around here like dundas valley conservation area that that, that type of terrain um, we run, so we run eight kilometers, the men, the women run six kilometers in the race. Um, personally, outside of that, I, I also compete, uh, on the roads. I like to do five Ks mostly. Um, and on the track, I like to do the, the three K steeplechase. So eight K is kind of the, the highest I'm going for now. Um, in the future I could, could stretch it out, but for me for eight, right now, eight K is a good distance. Not too bad. And I just wanted to say, Mateus, a huge congratulations on the men's cross-country team for snagging gold for the second consecutive time at an OCAA Invitational. How does it feel to have the back-to-back great finishes as a team? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, incredible. The We've been working, like I've been, this is my third year here, and when we started, uh, really the program was very bare bones. We got a new coach. Um, it was just after COVID, so there was no season before. So we had very small, we had zero male athletes returning. So we were all brand new, all rookies on the team. Um, and we've kind of tried to build like a new kind of name for the Mohawk Mountaineers cross country. Um, in the past decade or so, there there haven't really been much uh, success in terms of medals. There's one guy who, who won, sorry, excuse me, who won individually. Um, back in 2017 but as a team there had been no medal results for the team 
since the early 2000s and since the 90s, really, uh, when Mohawk was was stronger. So we were trying to kind of build back into that uh, performance-minded team. Um, so in our first year, we won bronze with the men. In our second year, we won bronze with the women. And now this year, it's been really crazy to see that just the, the work we've put in over the past two years is really coming through. Uh, we won the men. We've won both races so far. The women were second in the first one, and they won the second race. Um, that that uh, result, that two two gold for Mohawk cross country, hasn't happened since 1984. Um, so it's really it's really uh, crazy to see kind of everything that we've built on and everything we dreamed of two years ago kind of coming through. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, you have been a team captain for the men's for consecutive years. And uh, has that like has that honor been built upon that? Or how's, like, has that built your character for you and for and for your leadership skills? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been really great. I love the um, like I volunteer as a coach outside of school. I coach track and I coach volleyball. And so I, I really enjoy um, being able to be a part in someone else's success kind of thing. Um, like, it's just been really, yeah, it's been really rewarding to see that all the work that we've put in as a team and, and myself, like some of the extra work I do as captain to see it like materializing into something, uh, something special has really, really been great. Um, especially some of the athletes who've been on the team for a long time, like Will, um, we've been working together me and will since and we both come from like a track more faster background and we've been working together since year one and it's just been crazy to see how much better he's gotten and and myself and it's been great to work together yeah um what's your favorite course to compete at uh personally my favorite course is uh the fanshawe course which we ran last week um i just like it because it's flat um it's it's easy to run really fast there, which we did last week. I think every single person ran on our team ran about a minute faster than they ran at the week before, uh, and that's purely because the 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 hill. Um, that's purely because there was no hill. Sorry, at Fanshawe, I like Fanshawe too because it's a little more in the forest. We have another flat course coming up at Centennial in two weeks, um, but that course is more. It's flat, but it's out in a field, and it's if it's if the sun's out, it's really hot. Last year it was raining and it was freezing cold and windy, and uh, th- those aren't my favorite. I like to be in the trees. I like to be, uh, yeah, I like to be in the trees battling it out. Um, where I don't know, it just it's more fun. <laughs> Less well, wind. You're human, man. Come on, you need to have the shade. You can't be roasting out there. Exactly. Right? And um, so with you. With you being the, the captain and an up, the OCAA championship is coming up on October fourteenth. Is there going to be like are you going to be? Is there more of an intense training to lead up to the OCAA championship tournament? Yeah. So the way we kind of work it is is a little bit uh, counterintuitive to that that idea. We like to so coming into a race, we'll taper down. So um, I've been building since August. Now I'm running about 80 kilometers this week i'll be running 80 kilometers last week was like 75 so i'm running about 75 to 80k a week um right now when we go to that that week before uh provincials will be like the last kind of maintenance week at that at that level and the week leading up to provincials we cut down a lot on the intensity of the training and the volume of the training to kind of give your body a chance to recover we do speed work in that time so 
um, stuff faster than race pace, stuff to get the turnover back in the legs and get your legs sharp and ready to run, uh, ready to run fast. So we kind of take the volume away, take the the tiredness away, try to sleep a lot, and then you then you're like kind of rejuvenated for the race. It's interesting, like when you were talking about the team aspect of cross country earlier, like I feel like if you asked the average person, they wouldn't really think of cross country as a team sport. What can you like say about how important it is to have like a, a good team and how important it is to have like team chemistry with the cross country team? Uh, yeah, so the team aspect of cross country is honestly my favorite aspect. Like I've been running sprinting, uh, running track and field, and you're always running alone. Um, with cross country, one, you're all on the same course together at the same time. And two, the team competition doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you all score points for your team. So, for example, at the first race, uh, my teammate Albert was right behind me and we finished seven and eight. This past race, he finished eight and I finished nine. Now, the res- that sounds like like I could be upset that he's beating me, right? But in reality, we're scoring the same points for the team either way. Um, if he's scoring one place ahead of me and I'm one place behind him, or I'm one place ahead of him, he's one place behind me, it doesn't really matter. And what's great about having a team that's so close and so tight-knit like we are, we get to work together on the course. So there's some teams uh, that I might shout out, like Sheridan, who has a guy who wins every single race. But the rest of the teammates are kind of spread out, and they're back down towards the the uh, the bottom of the course so when they finish in the first race they finished uh fourth and in the second race they finished third but it's because they're they're the other teammates like in the last race he was first and then they had 10th 20th and 22nd where we have a guy our low stick he's coming second every race sage and then the other three we were seven eight and nine so to have those guys like us who are we work out every workout together we run together all the time and out on the race course we can be running as a group of three together and that aspect of being able to work together on the course is something that uh, makes Mohawk really really good and makes cross country really special because you would never be able to do that say on the track running uh, 400 meters because you're in other you're in separate lanes and you're scoring for yourself Um, so yeah it's it's really special Oh yeah, and speaking of uh, Sage Silk and, and Albert Lanting, like they're they're the two first year runners, and what about their talents have helped them, uh, and, and have have you seen from them in their growth as from like since you being the leader of the cross country team? Yeah, so Sage and Albert are incredible. Yasin too. Um, Yasin and Albert are both coming. They're both rookies out of high school. Uh, they ran. They both ran super well in high school, and what's been nice is they bought into our system really early on. So since August they've been coming out uh, to all the workouts with the team and stuff and so that's helped to really build them a base uh, which has helped lead into them their success in college running and then Sage Sage is um, he's a triathlete um, he's worked outside of Mohawk with our coach David Hopton because he is also uh, probably the best coach of triathlon for junior athletes in Ontario um, and so he's worked with Sage for many years now and so Sage He's, I like to call him the top, one of the top 10 triathletes in Canada. I don't know if he'll agree with me there. He might put himself a little lower because he's humble, but he, uh, he was sixth at the Pan Am Triathlon Championships for juniors in, um, on, on September uh, 6th. 
and and he uh yeah he's an incredible runner he's an incredible biker incredible swimmer but especially he's a great runner so it's been to have him on the team and to be able to key off of him in workouts too and to see him way out there in front of us and to know that that's something that we can work towards as well has been really good and uh yeah it's kind of funny watching him out on the course because Sage is a bit of a shorter guy and you can tell he swims and bikes because he's like bigger up up top right um, us runners were pretty skinny skinny guys but he's got like his arms are good from swimming right and so you'll see him racing against the uh the guy from Sudan on Sheridan who is like the complete opposite he's this he's like skin and bones and he runs like a deer he's like you watch him he like floats through the course while he's running and sage you can see every single step is like is like he's fighting it right (laughs) but it's it's two different styles of running and it's successful for both of them say yeah it's it's crazy and and speaking of adam and also annie sternberg sternberg if i'm saying that right um they are both athletes of the week and how's it feel to have both cross country team players be recognized yeah, it's great. Um, I always love when cross country gets recognized because our sport, our season's really short. It's just September, October, November. And um, and it's kind of hard to follow because we only have five races in a year. And um, unless you're coming out to those races, there's it's they're, they're not live streamed. They're not, uh, they're, you can't check out live scores or to see the standings change in the reg- over the course of the regular season, right? It's uh, It's kind of all the work we do is kind of in the background so whenever that gets recognized i'm i'm happy to see it especially those two um annie annie was with us in 2021 uh she had a year off from mohawk last year and in 2021 she was consistently placing in the top 10 and uh personally i was a little interested to see how she would uh how she would be placing because she did have a year off from the Mohawk running, but she runs on her own, obviously. <laughs> and uh, she to come back in her first race back and place fourth was uh, was pretty incredible. It's the best she's ever done in a, in an OCAA race, and it's just it gives so much hope for our women's team as well um, to also win gold. It's, yeah, it's yeah. been crazy. You mentioned that like cross country is not something that gets recognized as much as you know like basketball or volleyball or soccer. Um, I will admit on this show we don't talk about cross country that much but i did talk about last week how you got the uh like co-athlete of the week how special was that for you to win athlete of the week yeah it's pretty special um yeah i always uh again it's it's nice to get the recognition and and that last race especially was a really great race uh for me i I had my best uh ocaa race i've ever had i placed seventh and uh and yeah it was really yeah, it was it was a really great race, and I was really happy to uh, to receive the the recognition. Do you plan to compete in cross country after you graduate from Mohawk? Um, I plan to keep running. Hopefully, um, I don't know if I'll be as competitive. I'll definitely be running track races. Uh, it's a little bit easier to to find and to compete in track races. Just they happen more frequently. Uh, cross country is much more of like a school thing, and cross country without a team is kind of kind of sucks like last year um the men's we didn't qualify as a team to nationals and so i made it as an individual but when you're running a cross country race as an individual and you're fighting for yourself it's it's just so much more difficult because you got to you're struggling through 8k and you know in the back of your mind at the end of the day it really doesn't mean that much because you're not you're not fighting for your team that that motivation from fighting 
uh, for your team and a team result, it just makes everything much easier and and much more fun. Um, because even if you're having, say, a bad day, someone else on your team can be having the day of their life. Um, and the fact that you get to celebrate that and celebrate your teammates together is something that that cross country as an individual will never will never have. So, so yeah, I, I like running on the track, but I think in the future that that's that's kind of where it will be. Well, and also, Matthias, that's the thing. Like your your heart and soul is for the Mountaineer, for the Mohawk Mountaineers, and you love this cross country team. So after this season's over, would you ever consider being coaching them? Would you ever consider coaching the Mountaineers? Um, we have. I, I'm from Guelph, and uh, the commute to Hamilton is quite a quite a bit. So I don't know that I would. Um, I do. I coach my old high school's track team, and I love coaching that. And so maybe I'd coach high school cross country with them um, next fall. But uh, but yeah, we have a coach, Hannah, our our women's uh, our women's coach. She um, well, Dave's like our head coach. He coaches both teams, but Hannah helps out a lot with the women. And she used to be a runner um, for our team uh, back in twenty. I think she ran until until COVID. Um, and for her to come back, and it's been an incredible help. And it's so it's so nice too to have a coach like her who she still runs on her own. She's still really fit, and so she can help a lot in the workouts with pacing. So some of the women. The women especially are, are a bit more spread out than, than we are as the men. So we can work off each other where some of the women don't have necessarily like three or four people who can be in a group in a workout. So she loves to jump in and run with them and then to give them that support. It's, it's really it's really important. So so, yeah, having an athlete come back as a coach is great. And I would love to, but I think uh, I think I'll stick to high school. Yeah, not too bad, man. And after and with you being the leader, you've seen all the, you've been to so many tournaments and i just wanted to know like what was the one tournament you were nervous about being in like um the most nervous i've been was probably this the provincials uh probably provincials last year because um our team wasn't as strong um as a as a team last year as we are this year and as we were the year before um, so we were coming in as the bronze medalist from the year before, but the best we had placed, we had had two fifth placed uh, races and then one third place uh, coming into provincial. So there was like an inkling that maybe we could fight for that third spot. And then as the fastest guy on the team that year, um, I felt a lot of pressure personally. There was like certain guys where I was like, you know, like if Mohawk has a chance to win third, I have to beat the second at least the second place person on every other team as the as the first mohawk guy right um so i have to look for so it puts a lot of pressure uh like i had i had put a lot of pressure on myself i think almost unfairly of like these are the guys i have to mark and so yeah i remember i didn't sleep very well the, the night before that race but it was a it was an amazing experience too that was probably at the looking back that was probably the most fun uh experience on the cross-country team i've had really? was that that trip to thunder bay for provincials that year so yeah because it, it, it's okay to feel intimidated right because you, you have all these guys who are experienced it's like oh my goodness like how am i supposed to compete against this but you gotta be you gotta, <laughs> gotta be confident in yourself man. and you, you've yeah. done a great job and i, I just wanted to uh, fall back on what uh, kyle asked you on, on on weather conditions and you mentioned about you know you like running in fanshawe uh i like to know what are some of the main uh track 
stadiums do, would you want to like would you love to be running like would you like to run in oh uh, for track and field i would love one day to run at the uh the track at boston the indoor track at boston university just because uh i don't know that's like a that's like a, a famous track among the running community for running like everybody runs their fastest indoor times there um i'd also love to run a race um i would love to run the new york city marathon um one day like i'm no nowhere near close to fast enough to run a marathon and the day i do run a marathon i want to be like actually well trained for it i don't want to be just like some guy running in the middle i want to run like at least at least three hours so but i would love to run the new york city marathon i i watch it every year on tv i like like i like following marathoning and uh yeah that one's always seemed special to me um where's the furthest you've traveled to compete for mohawk uh to compete for mohawk uh we've been to alberta twice uh for nationals uh so in 2021 and 2022 we competed in nationals in alberta first in calgary and then in medicine hat um so that's the that's the farthest we've been uh we've also like this year uh on the hoping that everything goes well at provincials and we qualify for nationals we'll be going to out east to halifax so but i think uh i think alberta is a bit farther than than halifax and i just want to know like you because you've been traveling you've been doing all these competitive all these tournaments i i just want to how are you able to balance assignments and everything else i don't know like it just you guys make it look so easy and yet like like, i'm just i don't know how you guys do it like do you you guys obviously work on the bus or whatever right you guys work on assignments that is is your props lenient too by the way uh yeah so i've always found the props at mohawk have been great um with uh with helping out especially i had one or two issues at laurier i remember back in the day i had one teammate who had to write a midterm at a track meet um online because the code the prof wouldn't let him write it uh the day before which was sucked for him and it was he did not he would, did not do very well because when you're at an indoor track with all the noise, it's it's pretty bad. So at Mohawk, I found all the profs have been really uh, accommodating, at least in aviation. Um, I've been able to write tests a few days early before leaving on trips, and uh, yeah, I found as long as you're um, as long as you have a good communication with your profs, like I always like to on the first day or the first week at least to talk to the profs and say, hey. I am on the cross-country team. This is something that is going to affect me in the fall, and um, I might need some accommodation here and there. But a lot of them understand we're trying to represent the college. We're trying to put a good name out there for Mohawk. And so a lot of them are, are super happy to work with you. And I've never had an issue with uh, with getting getting an extension or writing a test normally they like you to write the test early because they don't want you to feel like you have an advantage by studying having more time to study or getting answers from your friends so they like to so it's good to get out in in a in a head uh in case you're a student athlete listening to this definitely go ahead to your teacher then then try and try and cover yourself from behind uh but it's a good uh it's been great yeah and and i know that with with Mohawk, they have like the rec sports. Will you have time to participate in any recreational sports at the Deep? Uh, so in season, uh, I will not be competing in rec sports because I don't want to put the extra risk of hurting myself. I like I don't want to be that. playing yeah, yeah. playing volleyball and land on someone's ankle and then not be able to run the next race kind <laughs> of thing. Our captain. Uh, but I do love intramural sports, so um, so maybe uh, maybe in the winter semester if I'm here. Uh, yeah, 
like to. Yeah, that's it. Please sign up for road, uh, floor hockey because that's what we're going to be doing. Floor hockey. All right, all right. And I, just, I was... and, and I just wanted to know, too, I know that it's it's Thanksgiving coming up, and I know you have plans, but I know that you're keeping in a strict diet routine. But <laughs> like, are, like, but you're not going to pass up on turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing and all that, man. Like, you have yeah. to go all out. Just just jog for four hours the next day or whatever. So that's almost the plan. Um, we purposely scheduled my biggest week of the year as this week uh, with my coach me and me and him we we worked on it uh so this week we have we rescheduled our practices so we normally practice monday wednesday saturday so we have our saturday practice is going to be early in the morning so after you're done saturday practice you have big thanksgiving food then we added a long run on sunday so you have an extra long run so you have extra extra room in there right for that for that turkey and then on monday too we moved our practice from the evening to the morning so again we'll have run probably about 14 15 kilometers in the morning and we're ready to go to to eat as much turkey as as is available really awesome that's awesome yeah man because like i'd be having cramps if that was me if i were your case (laughs) i say mateus i want to say thank you so much for coming on the mountaineer sports network and i hope you're able to return you return soon man (laughs) yeah i would love to be back uh thanks for having me I really, I'm always happy to talk about running. So, uh, so yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. It was really, really cool. Perfect. Bringing alternative rock to Hamilton, Burlington, and surrounding areas. This is Indie 1015. We've all been affected by a bully at one time or another. Whether you were the bully, were being bullied, or were a bystander. Bullying is not always easy to deal with, and it can impact a child's life greatly. Visit bullyingcanada.ca and find out how you can help all of the children involved in any bullying situation online or in person. No matter your child's position, he or she needs your help. Get the resources you need to help your child by checking out bullyingcanada.ca. Resources, live chat, and watch your child's happiness grow. Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to help the children of our community? For just over a dollar a day, you can change a child's future. Approximately 25,000 children in Hamilton live in poverty. That's why City Kids is here to help. With various programs, we help over 2,000 kids per week, from gifts for the kids on Christmas, even our amazing Red Bus service, plus so many other great programs to help build our youth's future. With faith, hope, and love, City Kids is transforming lives one child at a time. Visit citykids.ca. That's kids with a Z. Who listens to anything else? This is Indie 1015, Hamilton's home for alternative. You're listening to the Mountaineers Sports Network. Welcome back to the Mountaineers Sports Network. That was a great interview you guys did with uh, Matias. That was awesome to have our first like in-house interview. It was it was really awesome. The rest of them were like on the phone and stuff. So great job, Spencer. Great job, Kyle. You guys thank did, you, thank you. did a good job with that. So let's take a look at what happened this week or this, you know, week prior in Mohawk sports. Let's go into the softball first. Th- t- Thursday versus Sheridan, Kyle and I were there, and the Mountaineers won two, uh, coming off the hands of a uh, you know, bunch of losses in a row. Uh, the not, not great losses, but they win two against Sheridan. And Kyle, how was the experience broadcasting there? Um, you know, the first couple times around, it wasn't the best. How was the experience broadcasting? Those are the two first wins I've seen that I've broadcasted seeing Mohawk win it was a great experience and to be able to see them win at home in a doubleheader was awesome yeah it 
it was awesome. The rain did come again, and we had to like cover up our computers and stuff. Uh, we had a little bit of a rain delay, but you know maybe the Mountaineers used that to their advantage and uh, came out with some extra energy. Yeah, I saw on the uh, on the Instagram story there. I missed it on karaoke night a little bit there. Eh? <laughs> yeah, we we were having a little bit of a karaoke night, but hey. Maybe that was what uh, brought the Mountaineers that extra energy to to win the couple games because they had some some comebacks in those two games. The first game one, they were down seven nothing early, and they came back and they won nine eight. One player I want to talk about from that first game, Rachel Lee. I mean, she was she was awesome. She surrendered only one run in relief. Uh, she pitched five and two thirds, and she struck out four. Kyle, what can you say about that first like relief appearance for Rachel Lee? Because I know. Um, Ashley LaForme was on the mound to start that game. And then we had that little bit of the rain delay. She did come out for the next inning, but like it's hard to stay loose when, when you're a starting pitcher and you've, and you've got that rain delay. So Rachel Lee did a great job. What do you think, Cal? Rachel Lee, her staying locked in both in the hitting side and the pitching side, be able to play both games and being really, in my opinion, an MVP from walk to get those two wins was amazing. And she looked locked in all game. So game two, um, the Mountaineers came back late again. They ended up winning 7-5 to five in that one. So two wins in a row against the Bruins. And it was Rachel Lee again. Like, that's one of the players I want to take away from that game. After pitching five and two-thirds in the first game, she goes four innings in the second game, one earned run again. I mean, she, she was awesome two games in a row, and she was like, I mean, really started the show on Thursday. Well, again, gentlemen, just find that sweet spot. We talked about this even last week on our show that we have to like it's the pitching that like it's solid. It's solid pitching. You just find that groove again. Even prior to that, they're having a, a hard time with Durham. But again, again, Sheridan having no worries. And it was awesome that Rachel Lee just came up strong, huge for back to back games. So that was Thursday. They had no games on Saturday this week, but they did play again on Sunday versus Humber. And Sunday afternoon was not a great day for the Mountaineers. They were coming off the two wins versus the Bruins, and they pretty much uh, gave them right back. Uh, it was a, a double header, and they lost the first game eleven to one, and the second game twelve to two. If you guys are on the Mountaineers, are you happy with playing four games and splitting them, and you know taking into account the way the the games really went? I think really for Mohawk, it's a learning experience this time of year. It's late in the year. They've had some learning and growing experiences. So if they can go for next season, it's what it's all about at this point. Well, and again, what you said, Tyler, earlier prior to the show, it's just two steps forward and two steps back. You know, and it's and again, I've said this last week too that this team is very good. Like Mohawk Mountaineers, they're not they're not garbage. Like their softball team has been amazing. So again, this is a good base. I feel it's a fantastic base and. Again, we, we still have a, few, a couple games left over. We're still able to bang out a good winning streak. Honestly, it's not the end of the world, but leading up with what we've seen this year, leading going into next year, watch out, man. It's going to be a good softball team. Also, to add to, Humber was 15-3 and three going into the, the two games. So it's one of those things where they're one of the best in the division, and Mohawk has had a bit more of a tough time. So for them to come in and, and have, have pride and see what they can do was a good thing, too. I will say those two wins against Sheridan, that's a team they're supposed to beat, and they beat them. And already the Mountaineers softball teams, I mean, already looking better than last year. So it may not be, it's you know, it's like one of those rebuilding teams. You know, they're not going to, instantly be like I know last year they only had like three wins on the season or whatever they they weren't great last year but 
when you're rebuilding, you're not going to instantly be better. You're just going to keep like year after year building, getting some more wins, more wins, and hopefully, you know, going into next year, they can have some some good games. I, I Tyler, I, I I agree with you on the money. We only have to bet money on that. Okay, we already know that this is legit. And then the thing is too, if we get a good groove on like, like on on our winning streaks. The next competition is trying to take down the St. Clair Saints. That's kind of like the pinnacle of what we have. That That's like the final boss, like the Mario versus Bowser, right? If we can overcome the Saints, watch out. That, 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 there is no question that the Mountaineers are, are perfect for that, man. We, we're on top of the food chain. I've got confidence that, you know, going into next year, they will be better like, like they've done this year. They were better than the year before. Let's talk about the soccer Wednesday versus Redeemer, the women's soccer team. They beat Redeemer, which it was a pretty talented team. And the Mountaineers uh, soccer team, women's soccer team, clinched a playoff spot in the process. They ended up winning 2-1. to one. Uh, Redeemer scored late and seemed to have some momentum. It was really me and Kyle were sitting there for the extra time. And it, was, it felt like the extra time just went on forever. Like we were, Redeemer scored, I can't, I can't remember if it was like towards the end of that game or in the extra time. But they scored very late, and Redeemer seemed to have a lot of energy. They were like, we're undefeated. Like, we can, we can still do this. And I was starting to get a little nervous there on the sidelines watching. Like, I was like, is this going to happen? Are they going to come back here? But Mountaineers were able to pull away the win. It was great to see in a regular season game a playoff-type atmosphere. Obviously, Redeemer's from Hamilton, Mott College is from Hamilton. So really, both sides, fans-wise, was even, too. So it was great to hear cheering in a playoff-type atmosphere. Isabel Udovich scored one of the goals for the Mountaineers, and Jaden Morgan also scored in that one. Jaden Morgan also had an assist. Um, Mohawk, uh, they passed up Redeemer in the national rankings prior to this matchup, so it was a test to see if that national ranking was going to stay true. And the Mountaineers women's, they, they showed that they are the real deal, and they deserve to be in that spot. Yeah, even like, and, and even watching Jaden Morgan, like she is a beast on the field. Like it's like, man, like I, I don't think I'm able to keep keep up with her for crying out loud, man. But huge again, we're on a four game winning streak, and I'm not trying to jinx anything, but I feel like pulling like is is it safe to say we could pull LeBron saying we're we're not going to just win one game, not two, not three, not four, not five. Eh? I don't know. What's your intake on that, Tyler? Well, I don't know if we want to say that because that didn't really work out for LeBron in <laughs> Miami. I don't know. I don't know if we want to keep that jinx going. Maybe reverse jinx it. But Sunday, they win again. Uh, it was a one nothing. Mia Hadley with her third shutout of the season, uh, and they approved their record. The Mountaineers improved their record to six and one with the victory, and they surpassed their win total from a season ago. And this is the first time since the 2017 season that they have six wins. So. This Mountaineer soccer team is looking as good as it really ever has. Mia Hadley, what she's done over the course of the year as a rookie goalie, playing backup and starter sometimes, is really promising. Hopefully she can do that in the seasons going forward. Cassandra Campanella scored her second of the year in the 57th minute in this game, and that's all they really needed versus Conestoga, and they, they came out with the win, and they're, fe- they're feeling good. So let's go into the men's soccer team. Wednesday they played Redeemer. They ended up losing 2-1, to one, and I mean, I think Steinke did a great job keeping them in it, uh, just the two early goals, and after that, I mean, he was awesome. Oh, man, absolutely, and yeah, I was in the stands for that. You had to hear the fans. I saw Sapir down on the field there. He's, like, looking up with his aviators on. He just takes, like, a nice little Instagram post, but they were in it. It was great. Steinke was fantastic as netminder. It got a little rough, too, eh? You notice a little shoving a little bit. It was crazy. 
So Nicholas Tavares scored, and he made it 2-1 in the 81st minute. So like another kind of reverse of what happened in the women's game versus Redeemer. Mohawks scored late, but they couldn't get one in extra time. Um, the coach Jordan Brown, uh, he, he thinks, like when he was asked, he said they didn't stick to the game plan in the first half. How important do you guys think sticking to the game plan is um, for the Mountaineers, for this Mountaineers soccer team, especially going against a team that you're, you know, I mean, I, I won't say they're not as talented as, but they, the record shows that they aren't as good as the Redeemer team. All game long, Redeemer did a good job of playing fundamental soccer, playing basically keep away from the Mohawk defense. You could tell Mohawk was getting frustrated. So I think, in my opinion, sticking to a game plan, especially against a strong team like Redeemer, is important. Yeah, and again, and and the one thing I've noticed at the Redeemer game was don't give up passes. Like there are sometimes they kind of gave up passes. They're like, like it, it intercept like the opposing team. Redeemer was intercepting passes. They're mostly in Mohawk zone, kind of giving run for their money. So it's just don't give up passes that easily. And you have to keep your cool too. I I seen a lot of Mountaineers players getting frustrated throughout the game, which it's okay to get frustrated, but don't get frustrated at your own teammates. It's only going to make things worse. <laughs> And, I mean, coming out after the first half, they looked a lot better. And um, it's something that they, like, I feel like sticking to their game plan, they they need to do that. If they can stick to their game plan, they can win games like they did against Lampton. Uh, like a week ago, they won 2-1. They were able to come out with that close game. They can win those close games if they just stick to their game plan and, and uh, do what they know they can. So they played Sunday again versus Conestoga. They ended up losing 3-1. to one. Steinke made four saves again, so he did kind of his job. Uh, Rafosco scored his second of the year, and so now that's three straight losses for the men in a row. Um, how important is it? This game was on Sunday, and the next one is next Saturday. Um, do you guys think it's like a positive to have an extended break after losing three straight, or would you rather them get like right back in it? Uh, that's a good question, Tyler. I mean, you got three more games remaining left in the season, and I mean, I, of of course, I'm I'm more on the on the side of you know maybe they should maybe a couple of like other practice runs or whatever. And again, it's just finding that coping with one another and find that gel so that next season they can they can absolutely capitalize and be and, and they, I mean I'm again. Not as successful this season, but definitely if they find the the groove, then they'll definitely at least be successful for next season. Similar to the softball team, they've already improved from last season, so just kind of now looking, we're looking towards the next season yeah. and gonna gonna improve next season, just like the softball team. I feel like is gonna improve next season as well. I think really having the extended break is going to be good. Hopefully they can spend some time with their families and do some more practices, and really ending the season on a winning note would be great for Mohawk. I feel that way too. So we're going to get into the um, week ahead, a look at the week ahead. Kyle's going to be leading the way for that. Um, thank you for uh, listening on Indy 101.5. So you think you're smart. Hey, Google, play Indy 101.5. Hi, I'm Hannah Carter for your Hamilton Crime Stoppers. When you submit a tip, here's how it all works. You receive a PIN number. This PIN is the only thing we know about you. When you call back after six to eight weeks with your PIN, Crime Stoppers will know if you qualify for a cash reward. If you do, the money is placed into an envelope with your PIN on it, and it is delivered to a discreet business. You go there with your PIN number and receive an envelope with your cash in it. No questions asked. It's that simple. So if you know something, it could be worth a cash reward up to $2,000. You always remain anonymous. 
So contact Hamilton Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS or at CrimestoppersHamilton.com. It's nice to get away from all our schoolwork and spend some quality time together. I've been looking forward to this date all week. Later, more of the free breadsticks, please. So what should we get? The free breadsticks. What? I kind of splurged on a few things and now I can't afford the food here. But hey, the breadsticks here are great. (sighs) Not again. Money doesn't come with an instruction manual. Mo Money Financial Literacy Resource Center is here to help. Mo Money offers free one-on-one one counseling and has several financial resources to help you manage your money. Let Mo Money help you keep on top of your finances because money matters. The best alternative from Ancaster to Burlington. You're listening to Indy 101.5. You're listening to the Mountaineers Sports Network. Mountaineers Sports Network, we are back. Uh, wasn't that much of a break. That interview <laughs> took up most of our time. Normally we do two halves of the interview, but this week we just did the one long interview. Hopefully you guys like that. Um, now we're going to look at the week ahead. Kyle, what's what's happening? I definitely want to dive right into this, Totter. So the game coming up tonight at 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock at Mohawk Sports Park, Seneca versus Mohawk. Last time Seneca played Mohawk, I was there. Um, Mohawk lost, lost 10 to 6. Totter, how excited are you to broadcast out home uh, in Hamilton for Seneca, Mohawk to play Seneca? Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I believe it's at uh, St. John Henry Newman, right? It's not at... Uh... Or, or are you talking about softball? Softball, sorry. Um, that's at Mohawk Sports Park. I like broadcasting at the Mohawk Sports Park. Um, there is like that that rain factor. Hopefully, it doesn't rain. But if it's not raining, it's going to be smooth sailing, and it's it's not a far drive from the school. So uh, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, something positive for Mohawk too is um, it's about it's around the same record for for Mohawk and and Seneca too. Um, Mohawk is a uh, is six and twelve. Um, and then Seneca is five and eleven, so hopefully a Milwaukee Paul to win here. I got this feeling that the pitching is going to be strong today. Are going to be, it's going to be awesome. The infield for Mohawk have been spectacular. We've seen them even the last week that with their diving catches and everything else. It's going to be good and that win back to back against Seneca. Let's do it, boys. Someone to watch out for for the Seneca side for Mohawk is a River River Johnston. She has nine RBIs and she had three nineteen batting average. And then on the pitching side, um, Charlotte Arnott. She has a four sixty four ERA, but she's the best pitcher. So some players to watch out for. No, Kyle Seneca Seneca's going to lose against Mohawk. That's how it's going to happen. It is what it is. Hey, I think Mohawk can easily beat Seneca. I think the Mountaineers' record is better than it shows. Um, I think they're dealing with a lot of injuries, so. I think uh, it should be a team that they can beat, and I'm looking forward to it because um, those games against uh, Sheridan, I believe, the Bruins last week were super awesome, those close games. It was, it was super fun to call those. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the games versus Seneca. It's going to be hard. I, I, oh, for you, it's going to be a challenge because I know you were saying prior to the, uh, our show that you're going to be watching the, the softball team and you're going to be watching you know, some, some other uh, – MLB games too, so multitasking won't be too too bad for your Tyler, right? I'm not going to be watching the Blue Jays game, but I'm going to be keeping a close eye on the uh, score, like keep refreshing the page. But there you, go. you know, I, I have to be uh, be professional and, and and do my yes. You got to make you got to make sure that the Wi-Fi is working well this time around. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, been lucky the past couple. That's the thing. Week. That's the thing. I have no uh, data on my phone, so I just got to kind of put the data on my phone and refresh on on Google to to check the Jays game. But I am I'm, I mean I. It's not next week, but that's that's today, right? Correct. The game. So, yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays could be out today, and then I don't have to worry about that anymore, guys. So then moving on. So Friday, October 6th, it's um, Mohawk at Conestoga. 
Conestoga is a team that's had some challenges too. They're three, three and fifteen. The last time that these two teams played, uh, Mohawk beat Conestoga eight to six. So I'm really interested to see what happens there and what goes on. So what do you think about this matchup, Tyler? Should Mohawk be able to get two more wins? I think they're playing Seneca tonight, correct? And then it will be... Conestoga on Friday. Conestoga on Friday. Those are, I mean, this could be a little winning streak for the Mountaineers. I believe doubleheaders tonight and doubleheader on Friday. I mean, this could be a nice four-game winning streak to get their record looking... Um, the way I think it should look. Look, I, I again, and on Friday, it's my birthday, so they better win on my birthday. Better be a mercy roll. Mohawk spanking Conestoga on my birthday. Why not? Got to make it happen. Yeah, so that should be really interesting. I'm really looking forward to that. And then to finish off the year, Mohawk plays at home in a doubleheader on October 12th against the rival Fanshawe Falcons. So that should be interesting, and I'm really looking forward to see how they finish off the season. You obviously want to see them finish off strong. What do you think, Totter? I mean, I think... Like I said, they can get four wins in a row here pretty easily, and then they can turn this season from being, you know, it's, I mean, they've already improved from last season, but they can turn it from being kind of, I think the coaches and the players would say they are better than their record looks. So they can turn it from being a disappointing season to being, you know, a, a very successful season. Right, right now, before, um, they get into play. It's obviously going to their records are going to change. But as of today, Fanshawe is seven eleven. Mohawk is six and twelve. So I think it's going to be another evenly matched game, and hopefully Mohawk can pull it as the victor. I mean, Kyle took exactly what I said. I believe like Fanshawe is one of those teams where it's going to be they they give Mohawk a run for their money. So to see them finish off their season as well at the same time with the Mountaineers, it's going to be something to see. And I do think it will be a close call, Kyle. I agree with that for sure. Uh, absolutely. So that's going to be really uh, interesting as well. So moving on, the women's soccer. So they, they'll be continuing, continuing on October 7th. They play Sheridan at Sheridan. So what do you think of this matchup, Tyler? I mean, playing Sheridan, um, I'm not sure how Sheridan's record's looking, but for the women's team, I am, I'm confident they can beat anyone. You know, I, I don't even have to really look at the records of the teams to know that they can compete. I mean, the... The women's team is such a good team, and every time I go to um, like call and uh, broadcast these soccer games, I'm super excited for that first game because I know the women. Like, it's it's so good to have a team that you know is like super solid, and you know is going to go out there and and put in their best effort and and win at almost every game. Something for Mohawk too is the last time they played Sheridan, they did win one nothing. So I think that's going to be a positive, and it'll be good for the women to continue their winning streak as they go into hopefully the playoffs. A lot of like shutouts for the Mountaineers, and I know um, their their goalies haven't been tested as much as they. I I don't know if they really would like to be tested that much. They they can have that in practice, and uh, and their defense. Like speaking of their defense, their defense is so solid that. The other team isn't really able to... They can get shots, but they're always wide of the goal. They're, yeah. they're not able to get like quality shots on goal. And it's so important for them to... like They can win all of those close games. Like They can 
easily shut out another team with with how good their defense has been all season long. What, what number did I leave off again? Was it not? What I, I think it's not not six, not five, not ten. I'm telling you, it's gonna. It's the, the train is rolling with the women's soccer team. And here's the thing too. It's again what I've noticed is their passing is phenomenal too. It's not just their defense. Like I always said, like I said in the past two weeks, it's find their foxholes when they when they pass through, and it's so well done. And again, against the Sheridan Bruins, I do think it, we will. It, Maybe maybe a close call. I'm a predictor right now, gentlemen. 3-0. Mohawk. Hey, I'm not going to go against that prediction. I will. Uh, I'll validate. Maybe maybe not the same score, but yeah. I, I think they'll win regardless. Um, they already have six wins on the season. Like I said earlier, that's uh, that's the most they've had since 2017. So I'm excited to see and kind of look into the record books to see if they get seven wins. You know how many. How many years has it been since they had seven wins? And how many years has it been since they had, you know, so on and so forth? And see if they can break any more records. Long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Also, shout out to uh, Mia Hadley as the the backup starter rookie. And Samantha DeHaan as a more experienced goaltender who's played more of a leadership role in the goaltending position to be able to shut it down and to be able to um, get past that point and keep winning ballgames. On the men's side, too, the men also... We just found out they're they're going to make the playoffs. So what do you guys think about that? Let's go. I told you guys. I told you and I told you that it's happening. And I was so confident in them making it to the playoffs. This is their time to shine. And that's why we discussed, boys. There's no worries in, in, in for them to feel so uh, flustered. Like they shouldn't feel uptight. You guys made it to the playoffs. You guys have a clutch spot. Capitalize on that because it's time. It's I'm telling you, Mohawk, soccer, men's and women's, it's here to stay. I think, uh, you know, as far as the men's team goes, I think if they stick to their game plan like we were talking about earlier, they have a great shot at winning um, in their first... I don't know who their first playoff... I don't think we'll know for a little bit who their first playoff matchup will be against, but um, I think if they just stick to their game plan, um, we've seen them this year beat teams that are, like, pretty evenly matched with them. So if they get matched up with a team that um, they know they can beat, like, they, they played Redeemer, and they're, they're pretty evenly matched with Redeemer. They ended up losing against them, but... I think if they play Redeemer and they stick to their game plan, I mean, I think they can beat whatever team they end up playing. First round against Niagara Knights, pff, easy. <laughs> I mean, that was, a, that was a great game to watch when we watched them against Niagara. That was, that was super fun. I think something important for them to keep winning and hopefully win a championship is Oliver, St- Oliver the goalie, is going to have to really stay focused and be able to keep running their offense. We saw in games when you and I broadcasted Tyler, the ball was taken back to him and he was really trying to be the leader of the offense, showing people where to go. So that's going to be important for Moak as they continue here. You know what? Actually, in coming up to the playoffs, these last remaining games, uh, none right now at Tim Hortons Field, but it doesn't matter. When we're home against Conestoga at the at St. John Henry Newman, you know how I'm just going to take a hockey reference. You know when a goalie makes a big save, you know, and like Marty Berdur is like Marty or Chris Osgood. It's like, oh, Z, you should do a stanky uh, chant. I'm going to get that going. So hopefully we'll get that pumped up, man, because that would be awesome. Hey, man, you got to bring some people into the crowd. I know the crowd at, at Tim Hortons Field always gets kind of oh. rowdy. Most of it's parents, so Spencer, I, I think you need to bring a bunch of friends and just start some chants, like Perfect. Some, some defense chants, yeah. or just whatever chants you can think of. I'll, I'll persuade Prokop and Stark to come around, eh? For yeah. Sure. yeah, so the next game Mohawk plays will be against Conestoga in Hamilton, so I'm really looking forward to that as well, and hopefully Mohawk for the men can get back to their winning ways. So moving on to the uh, basketball, we have some basketball coming up too. So men's basketball... Is against the um, Georgian Grizzlies on October 7th. Right here 
in Hamilton, then versus the Western Mustangs, it's a more exhibition action. Guys, what do you think Mohawk has to do t- to beat a university like Western? I mean, I think they're confident they can beat anyone. They beat um, uh, McMaster the other week, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a, probably an exhibition rival, I would say. And I think they're confident they can beat anyone. They're, they're a super talented team. I haven't, see, I haven't been able to see on any, any exhibition games yet. And I wasn't able to see any last year. I don't know how their team is shaping up from what it looked like last year. But I know they beat um, McMaster. So, I mean, they, they can really compete with anyone. I mean, again, and Kyle, I, I told you this, man. Like, just because it's a university team, that doesn't mean, oh, my goodness, it's going to be insane. It's going to be so hard for them to beat. No, 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 no. Look, at, we are 4-1 and one right now, okay? And, and to see that going into the season on October 7th against the Georgian Grizzlies, I'm telling you right now, I do agree. I mean, again, the... the even on, on what was it? Even, uh, last weekend, uh, we we spanked the team. Okay, like yeah, from one hundred six to ninety five. So I I, I agree, Tyler. I, and, and gentlemen, I'm excited for the season. We are going to check out a couple games, and it's going to be a fun basketball season for the men's. One hundred six to ninety five is a pretty crazy score. Like yeah. you don't see that a lot in like Canadian men's college basketball. It's more like low scoring games, like a seventy eighty range. So I mean, for them to score that many points, I mean. They must have like a pretty dynamic offense. I'm super excited to broadcast the basketball as well. Um, you know, basketball is is more up my alley. I, I really enjoy watching basketball. Not that I don't enjoy watching the other sports, but basketball is, is super fun. I know Kyle's excited to broadcast the basketball as well. Yeah, I'm really excited to broadcast alongside you, Tyler. Basketball is one of the reasons why I signed up to do the broadcasting announcing is to be able to broadcast basketball games in the biggest moments and hear the fans in the gym is going to be awesome. It is, man, and. Spencer, are you excited, you know, not to broadcast the basketball, but to be there yeah. in the stands? My, the wait, 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 me with my note-taking, man, I'm telling you, absolutely. It's going to be quite a sensational time It's because I know that for us, last last year, when we were in our first year, we, we didn't have the chance to, to have this opportunity, and it's something that I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be awesome, and they're going to rock the house. I, I, I cannot wait to for, like, a huge alley-oop play. And then the whole deep bar going absolutely nuts. Like, ah, right? It's going to be insane. And we, we, we aren't really like talking about the women's team right now, but the women's team might even be more talented than the men's team. The women's team went pretty far. I mean, they made the playoffs last year that we hosted a, a tournament here. And I watched the women's team, and they looked really talented. I'm, I'm excited to see the women's team. Yes, it just, you know, I, I know there was the tournament last year, and unf- I just wish it came back this year while we are a part of the Mountaineer Sports Network. But whatever it's held for this, uh, well, for this year in particular, next semester, I would like for us to go check that out. It'd be awesome, whatever it is. It has to be nearby. At least it's somewhere in no. the Golden Horseshoe here. Oh, I was going to say nearby in terms of, like, time. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's in, like, March or something exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly. I'm excited to uh, – I mean, last year I wasn't able to see any games because it seemed like we always had class when they had games. Like, even when I went and I watched a little bit of the women's game, I had to go to class right after. So hopefully this year I'll have a little more time on my hands and I'll be able to watch those those games, the ones that I'm, I'm not – I don't end up broadcasting. So the next game for Moak for the women's is – versus the Georgian Grizzlies, October 7th at 1. And they also are in a, a tournament, it looks like, in Sa- Sanborn, New York. They play Bryant and Scranton Bobcats October 15th on Sunday. And then they also play Niagara County Thunder Wolves also on October 15th. Hey, things are looking up for Mohawk Sports. I'm excited, you guys. On behalf of myself, Spen- Spenny Granier, and Kyle Chambers, we thank you guys for listening in today. We'll be on every Wednesday 
at 12 on Indy 101.5. Time to get up and rock it out. You're listening to Indy 101.5, Hamilton's home for alternative. Most of us do our part to keep our roads safe by driving sober. We plan ahead, designate a driver, take taxis or transit, stay over, or call home. Thank you for driving sober. A message from Arrive Alive, Drive Sober, and CAA. To find out more, visit arrivealive.org. Mohawk College is launching its new Center for Entrepreneurship. The center will be hosting exciting events for students, alumni, and the community. The college's new center is committed to growing the entrepreneurial spirit and mindset, both in the classroom and out in the community. Mohawk has a long line of successful alumni entrepreneurs. If you're interested in what Mohawk's new Center for Entrepreneurship has to offer, check them out on YouTube. You can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.